Before we get started with this next episode, if you'd like to support the podcast, please visit anchor.fm forward slash Lilith's Left Hand. There are links for the new website, lilithsleftthand.com, where you can follow the blog and any other happenings at Lilith's Left Hand. You can share on various social media through the Anchor site, and please consider subscribing there at any of your favorite podcatchers and rate and review us if the opportunity exists for you anything you can do to support the show would be greatly appreciated take good care of yourself about to uh, say welcome to Lilith's <laughs> left hand <laughs> okay so the cats are introducing us today yes. uh welcome everybody to Lilith's left hand podcast i'm your co-host jessica here with emma hey emma hey how are you i'm doing good i got new markers so i'm gonna draw while we it's talk always a good day when it's a new stationary day uh-huh i'm excited <laughs> Uh, tomorrow in the U.S., uh, so when we're recording this, tomorrow is going to be Thanksgiving, so that's um, going on. A thing. <laughs> that's a thing that's going on. What's what's happening in your area? Um, not much, really. It's that weird kind of time between... So I told you last time we had like bonfire night and so it's that weird kind of time between that and Christmas. So like loads of my friends have already got like their Christmas decorations, which is mental to me. Like how the fuck are they not sick of them by like December? <laughs> oh my gosh. I've seen so many people. Well, I do it right after Thanksgiving too, but it's funny because the neck, the day after Christmas, I get, I put it all away. Yeah. So I guess if you put it up later, then you keep it up later. Yeah. But all these people, for sure, they're going to, like, the day after Christmas will be like me. Like, get all this shit out of here. Yeah. <laughs> when my was when I was growing up, my family, we kept it until after New Year. Yeah, well, like, I think when I was growing up, I'm not sure if it was more traditional than and people did, the, like, the 12 days of Christmas. But, like, nowadays, I think sometimes people have just had enough and they just want a bit of festive cheer. That's what I think. I think that it's like as soon as there there are a lot of houses that were decorated for Halloween, and as soon as the Halloween decorations went away, it was Christmas. And it made me happy because I I think everybody does want something happy to think about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. So we'll have Thanksgiving – it's just us in our house, and I always make a turkey. We get a turkey from a local farm, and I went and picked it up on Monday. Um, so it's a it's such a weird it's such a weird thing to celebrate, but we're gonna do it in our way. Um, yeah, and talk about things. I, 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 you know, we've talked about it. I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those weird things where it- you're like. 
Yeah. This culture is driving me nuts and I don't want to participate. Well, but sometimes I, also... I think, you know, the celebration aspect, I think, because I feel like, you know, we all know what Thanksgiving celebrates, um, you know. Well, what and... we're told growing up. Yeah. Is it? And even it's not growing up. I just, I, my, my yeah. kids had it. Just I just think for ago. many people, it's things just become cultural norms and they come they can become divorced from um, stuff. So, like, for example, f- for you, I guess it's just nice to have that family time and spend that time with your family rather than, you know, the actual meaning of the actual day. I don't know, does it? Ex- yes, and, and, it, and it makes it feel like fall and it, like, so, and it gives me a reason to make a bunch of pies. Yeah. But for me, you know, like you say you talk about that's all of that stuff with your kids and that's the important part i think yeah so they had a lesson the other day about it and i was like let's really talk about this yeah because i you know not everybody has awesome parents (laughs) totally (laughs) i i was i mean like my parents are awesome i love them um but like we don't always get taught the right stuff you know what i mean we're not told the truth of things um which is kind of really does tie in to our our topic today our topic today is integration um and it makes me think about like thanksgiving right we're coming up and we're gonna celebrate it um and we kind of like, oh, we acknowledge that we did this thing, but we don't, it's not really discussed or addressed in any kind of way. It was just like, yeah, well, we acknowledged it. Now yeah, we can as, get as over that's it. enough, yeah. Yeah, and, and the, like, if somebody tells you to get over it, they haven't really oh, thought it's so something through. patronizing anyway. It's, one of Make the sure rudest throat punch them. <laughs> oh, totally. It's there. There's no just getting over it in that no. way. Um, and so it's hard for people. Yeah, absolutely. At this time of year, to figure out how to celebrate and not celebrate stuff. Yeah, and this is the thing, isn't it? And I think why integration is so important is that you know we have to reconcile all of these um conflicting parts of ourselves and our lives and our ethics and our beliefs and all of those things and it's it's hard it's really hard because you have to make space it's all about yeah. like making space for yourself so. yeah and part of the reason why it's hard as well is because you know our cultures our westernized industrialized cultures don't facilitate that actively yeah go against it yeah like if you think about for me I the reason I started thinking about integration a a lot is because I've been working on a particular path and um you know we're all doing our shadow path right and and then um but it's all like but what's the next thing and what's the next thing and what's the next thing and I need to get into a new thing and then I need to do it's kind of just like 
this needing to constantly do more. Yeah. Even though you haven't really sat with the things that you already did yet. Um, And so if you haven't sat with all those pieces of yourself, um, are you really, are you really, you're just moving on to the next thing. You're like getting over it. You're like, got to move on. Um, yeah. But you really haven't finished the thing that you were yeah. doing. And of course, it is a symptom of our wider um, our wider lives, you know, our social lives, our working lives. We never stop because, you know, God forbid we just stop. Yeah. And it's even pervasive in like our communities. And I don't mean this in a yeah. negative way. I really love that new moons are are you know are like and like you're putting your seeds of intention out and full moons you're releasing things right um but sometimes you know people feel like they have to do that and they have to be doing all of these things meanwhile you're like I don't want to put new seeds out right now I'm still trying to figure out what I did with this other stuff so it feels like even and in like all kinds of ways in all circles we're constantly like gotta do that some new thing gotta do some new thing um when really a lot of the times <laughs> we do need to be sitting with ourselves more I agree absolutely you know and I just think that the hard part is I think certainly for me from my own experiences and from the people who I speak to about this kind of stuff I think the hard part is like bridging the the divide between knowing that that's what you need to do and actually knowing how to begin that process you know like practical steps um I can always remember um when I was training for fighting and I you know, and you get to a point where you get get past the beginner stage and you're starting to kind of get into the flow of it. But then you still have those little things that you have to overcome. And I can always remember asking my coach one day, saying we were sparring and it was a really weird question and I felt stupid asking it. And I said, I don't know where to look because it was kickboxing and so you know you've got uh, the feet and legs coming up from the bottom and you've got the hands and elbows at the top and you know and I said I find it really distracting like where am I looking I don't know where to look and I felt really stupid asking it because it was such a little tiny detail like that you wouldn't even necessarily think of and actually straight away he said you know you need to look at the the middle section because then you see everything coming but you know I was so afraid to ask and it was such a seemingly small thing but it was really affecting my performance you know and so I think that's what we tend to do in our own personal practice isn't it sometimes if we're having trouble you know we know what we need to do theoretically but then we don't know how to put that into actual practice um like what to do and so we feel silly to ask those little questions, you know, and, you know, and so for me, the struggle can be the actual part of the process of integration, because I guess that's what it is. For sure. And then like, for me, sometimes I'm afraid to ask myself 
those questions. And that's the person that you need to be asking that stuff to a lot. And these kind of processes too, like, are you really ready to do a whole new thing? No. <laughs> like, yeah. The integration part is the harder part. Um, yeah. It's like if you read fantasy novels and they go on some like big adventure campaign and they do all this fun stuff or they're doing all this stuff and then, you know, they go somewhere and stay there for two years, right? There's yeah. like a break between things. So like there's a break between things for a reason. I mean, we have every winter. Yeah. And, you know, we can be our own worst enemies as well because um... – I have a friend and there's a promotion coming up at work and um, there's a few people going for it because it's an internal promotion and I advise like everyone they should go for it if they want to because it's it's good um, and uh, so my friend's done it and now like things are happening she's like oh no now I'm scared and maybe I shouldn't be doing this and so like you know I have to say come on get a grip you know this is the right thing to do um so yeah so sometimes when during the integration process we're our own worst enemies yes yeah. <laughs> yeah like you do shadow work and you discover parts of yourself right um like oh, here's this part of yourself that is like really afraid of abandonment because you felt abandoned right yeah. and so it causes this part of you that is protecting you causes you to react in a certain way to certain situ- situations right so they could you could say that it's your trigger um it doesn't mean that it's going to go away just because you've identified it so like the thing is the integration part is the noticing when you're reacting from that other self and i yeah. think that yeah that's why I say that it's it's the hard part is because you have to make space. Like you have to make enough space in yourself to be sev- all of the different people that you are and 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 react from the person that you like you know want to be in that moment. You don't want to be this like abandoned child person, right? Like you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? You know, um we talk about triggers and we talk about the triggers and the stressors don't go away. And so for people who don't know, I like my day job is working with autistic children. Um, I'm a teacher. And so it's, um, and the thing is, that's the essence of what we do day in, day out with, with those kids, you know. It's about teaching them that the triggers and the stressors are always going to be there, but what we're hoping to give them are coping strategies to deal with that. And it's just interesting that we we recognise that in, you know, in the, the kids. And even in neurotypical um, children as well, we, we recognise that. And that's what we do with children when, well, that's what a good education should do anyway. It should equip them with the skills to, like, deal with those stuff. Um, and yet as adults, we don't necessarily um, give ourselves the same kind of, <laughs> you know, no, be- lessons. No, because then, because we're qualifying that as atypical, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's atypical for you not to be able to just automatically do it. Um, or like think about people with multiple personality disorder. Okay. So we can talk about how people with multiple personality disorder have broken themselves up into different pieces. Right. And so they're coming and reacting from these other pieces. It's just like a much 
more kind of obvious version of what we all do all, yeah. all the time. But because that's the atypical version. Meanwhile, we don't talk about the fact that we all kind of have lived like that in some way or another, where we're reacting from these other parts of ourselves, not exactly in the person who we are right now. Yeah. And, you know, because we all have so many different roles, you know, you ha- if you have a family, if you've got kids, you're a parent, if you, you know, you're a teacher, you're this, you're that. There's so many different parts of ourselves. And oftentimes the conflict arises because of the imbalance between those different roles or, you know, and the demands they make on our very limited time, energy and well-being, you know. And that's where conflict can arise when we don't deal with those. Um, Because really, and I think, you know, for me, witchcraft kind of typifies this, really, all of those different parts, they're not separate. You know, it reminds me of kind of like the Axis Mundi, you know, we talk about um, the Axis Mundi often visualized as the world tree. And it's, we can break it up into different parts, you know, the underworld, the mundane realms, the celestial, the spiritual, all of that stuff. But actually, it's the one thing. And they're all different parts. And each of those different parts, you know, they're distinct, but each one affects all of the others, you know, and I feel like as humans, that's what we're like. You know, we have all of those different roles and although they're separate or we, we try and separate them, actually, you know, because um, you know yourself, if something, if you're having a shit time at work because you hate your job and it's low paid and your boss is a twat, you know, that affects everything else or it can affect everything else, you know, in your life because all of those areas are connected, you know. Yeah. And then it it kind of it just makes me think of like what we're trying to go for as being um I think of Hindu gods um and how they have all the limbs. You know, it's just like they made space for all these different versions. Um or like if we did make space for all these different versions of ourselves. Um you know, you'd have all these people inside of you. <laughs> and that, and we do. I mean, like, we have so many different things going on with ourselves um, at the same time. And it's a matter of, like, witnessing who we are. Yeah. And being, you know what I mean? So that we can, so we can kind of respond to things instead of react to things. Um, versus this idea of, like, conquering who we are. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just touching on, you know, you mentioned Hindu gods. And I love, I love like folklore and mythology and all of that kind of stuff. I love it just for the sake of it. And also because of all of like the occult and esoteric and all of that stuff. um, All of those associations as well. Um, So for me, you know, so it's really weird because when I tend to look at the gods, it's either one way or the other. You know, if I'm, if I'm writing an article and I'm, purely researching for example i'm in a hecate um study circle at the moment and we're like um, looking at hecate in the um chaldean oracles and so um you know and it's just really interesting that the gods as archetypes you know if we view them strictly speaking as archetypes as opposed to beings you know we see gods then as fulfilling 
all of these different roles. But really, you know, all of those gods are part of the all. Does that yep. make sense? Yes, for sure. Which is funny because uh, it makes me think about our book club on Sunday where we're going to talk about <laughs> the Kybalion. Yes. Um, and they talk about, and I really think of it as being, you know, there's like the all mother for me. I think of it as the all mother and the all father and the all mother, all of our goddesses and our archetypes are, are the all like it's the same thing yeah. and different all at the same time. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, even then when you look at it in the purely spiritual sense, even then, the gods or the deities or the lower or whatever you're interacting with, even then they all fulfill different roles and different purposes, you know. Um, yeah. And I think that the all mother, like if we have an all mother, we are an all mother and an all, all father. Like men have, are their own mother. Men are their own father, just like we are our own father and our own mother. So I, I guess I just want to say that as like, I don't think that goddesses and the all mother are separate from each one of us. Does that make sense? Like we are that, like it is this one thing, but it's teaching us about ourselves at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes I listen to my voice and I'm like, whoa, am I making any sense? Am I the only one that understands me? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we all feel like that sometimes <laughs> yeah well and so talking about integration for shadow work since we'd already kind of touched on that um and the things that you could do that are like the little what could you do right little steps to help with that for me personally, because I can only speak to my own experience. It's like me trying to witness what's happening to me uh, before I react to it. And every time I notice that I'm getting like super upset about something that I pay attention to it. Um, yeah. And then the not feeling, not feeling guilty about feeling the same feeling over again or like reacting in the same way. Ugh, I did it again. It's like that thing where you tell yourself, um, like there's the difference between saying something like, I'm a bad person versus, ugh, I didn't deal with this very well. Right. Mm -hmm. And so instead of saying that this thing didn't go well, you've now identified yourself as in a negative way. And so like the whole of you is now this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, even before you start, you have to do work to allow yourself to be receptive to, to shadow work. I think because, you know, it's not always difficult, um, but sometimes it can be when we have to look at ourselves in an honest way, you know, um, because as humans, nobody is perfect. We all do things that we're sometimes not proud of or that we'd sooner forget or what have you. Or we've all had things happen to us that, you know, we're not proud of or we'd sooner forget. And um, so even before, like, you begin the shadow work, I feel like there's a whole process you have to go through of um, be 
allowing yourself to be open to shadow work. So yeah, so I think there's like loads of stuff that we have to work through before, well, not loads of stuff, that might be a slight exaggeration, but there's stuff we have to work through before we even begin the process of shadow work because, you know, we've all done things or had things done to us that we'd sooner forget or we're not proud of or, you know, all of those things that we talked about, sh uh, shame and guilt and all of that. Um, and so for shadow work to be effective, we have to be able to be honest with ourselves because acknowledging some of those things is not pleasant you know, um, and sometimes it can be pretty traumatic. And so there's work we need to do before we even undertake that. So I think, you know, some of the small steps people should take before they undertake shadow work is to look after themselves in the physical. Because, we've, you know, we've been speaking about how all of those different parts of ourselves are... Um, interconnected and it's the same for our physical bodies our mental well-being our physical bodies our health all of that stuff is interconnected as well and what affects one area can affect another and so you know take care of yourself before embarking on and during shadow work I think is probably one of the most underrated tips like for sure you should def I not should I would recommend having yeah. personal practice before you ever start doing yeah. shadow work. I mean, work. it's great if you're working you... with a per, like a therapist that knows yeah. what they're doing. That's totally because I'm yeah, I'm not a health or a fitness fanatic, not anymore anyway. I'm <laughs> feeling <laughs> moderation, but you know, and I'm not saying that people should take up a dedicated exercise program for the rest of their lives. But what I kind of mean is, if you are thinking about doing shadow work there are things that you can do in your everyday life that help prepare your body for that um, and not only your body because like I said our physical well-being is linked to our mental well-being as well so it's things like um getting enough rest eating well eating as healthy as you can drinking enough water because you know all of that might sound so simple the effects of being dehydrated, the physical effects on your body are massive. We don't realise it because most of us are dehydrated most of the time, you know, and we put up with that. But, you know, when I used to train a lot and I used to drink like three litres of water a day, the difference in mental clarity and just being, just well-being is massive. Really yeah, is. and I would say also move your body. And I don't mean like massive exercise. I mean, like, just even if it's just like stretching every day to kind of move stretching your fascia so around. Totally. Um, because we're holding all of the stuff within our bodies, too. Um, and so I think that that is something that doesn't get talked enough about. And then if you're doing so, if you're not taking care of your body, um, and you want to work on shadow work, it's going to be a lot harder because you're going to be triggered by all these things that you could, uh, that you, you know, we are, we are a, just a series of choices. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we know, make some choices to make it easier on ourselves to do the work. Yeah. And if we're thinking about integration and what that means, and we've spoken about integrating and reconciling all those different parts of ourselves, it makes sense that we would do the same for our bodies that we're about to do with our spiritual and mental selves, you know, by undertaking the shadow work. Why wouldn't we also do the shadow work on our bodies as well? Because, you know, exercise is can be difficult and, you know, it's not going to be easy for everybody because everybody has different capabilities. But 
everybody can do something. Yeah, even if it's just like, and I'm, I, I'm literally just saying stretch, if nothing else, um, to yeah. make your when you where you can drink um, a little bit more water, eat a salad. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Know? They're not massive steps, but I feel like they're things everybody can do straight away if they're thinking about you know doing anything that's kind of strenuous, magically, spiritually, or physically. I feel like it's good to prepare all of those different parts of yourself for that. Yeah, and having a personal practice, which is our the thing that you say bang on about that we bang <laughs> on about on, on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, because then we are okay with sitting with ourselves. Yes. Also, like I really do 100% with all my heart believe that if you do your practice in the same place um, and you have like I mean, you could have an altar or not, depending on if you're one of those people that doesn't like the idea of having an altar, but a space set up where you do your practice every day, inside, outside, wherever. Um, and if you're sitting there by yourself in that space um, and taking time to breathe, that's another thing we didn't mention that we should mention. Um, yeah. Breathing. Um, Absolutely. Some, sometimes people think that they're having a panic attack and it's also being caused by the fact, well, they are having a panic attack yeah. or whatever. I'm not saying like sometimes people are panicking or ha anxious and it's just because they aren't breathing. We kind of forget to, to fully breathe. Yeah. Um, and that's really super common. Um, so if you're sitting and you have a personal practice and it, you spend at least five minutes at least just five minutes a day in this spot, paying attention to yourself and breathing. Um, you're starting to know yourself. You're starting to feel yourself. You're starting to feel your body. And then your space is kind of then it, as you do it more and more and more and repeat it every single day, you're changing the way that space feels. Yeah. So then when you step into it, you're like, it's kind of like coming home or yeah. putting on that warm blanket. I agree. And you know what? That makes sense because even in the very um, mundane sense, most people have rituals that they do in the, you know, at the same time, in the same place every single day. They might not realize it's a ritual because right. they don't necessarily think in that way, especially if they're, you know, not religious or they don't, you know, have kind of a spiritual practice that they put effort into they might not see those things as rituals so for example um I was talking to a friend of mine who used to smoke and um they were saying that like how much better they feel but they still miss their morning cigarette and they said you know they were they'd have it outside in the morning with their coffee it'd be quiet and it'd just be that time before people woke up and you know and it was that space and that in itself is almost a ritual, doing that same thing every day and it having that impact, you know? Yeah. I had to give up coffee, but I still now drink herbal and decaf coffee because, like, the herbal tea I like, but it takes 20 minutes to make, right? <laughs> it has to steep. So I like decaf coffee because of the ritual of waking up in a house that is quiet and making it myself and slowly pouring it over for me that is a part of my waking yeah. up ritual and when you wake up late and you miss that how do you feel it's like the whole day feels weird doesn't it when you kind of thrown off your normal routine 
Um, yeah. So it does have impact and meaning, even if we don't necessarily identify those things as being rituals. Yes. I think that I notice now things that are ritual yeah. that I didn't notice before. Like even when we Same. were talking with Ivy a couple episodes ago and she was talking about like cancer treatment rituals. And I was like so amazed because I hadn't really even considered that part to be a ritual. And then, you know, if we even think about what a ritual is, really, it's an act of integration. We're bringing, a, we're bringing together all of these different elements you know, and integrating them into this one thing to bring about change. Because when we do ritual, that is what we're doing. You know, even if it's for truly altruistic purposes, which if we're being honest, most of the time it's not, you know. Um, you know, we're bringing all of those things together. Even, you know, you call in, if you call in the elements, what are you bringing together? You're bringing all the different parts of the universe, all of its component parts together into that ritual to affect change. So for me, that's what ritual is. It's an act of integrating all of those elements, all of those different parts and pieces, all of those ingredients and words and actions and all of those things that we do. That if you think about logically, you might think that don't, they don't really make sense, but we do them because we know that they do, you know. Um, that's what the ritual is. That's what the, the spell work is. You know, if we're looking at grimoire tradition and summoning, you know, if your goal is to summon um, a particular being or demon or whatever you want to call it, you know, you bring, you're integrating all of these different elements that work together to bring about, you know, that particular being. Um, and so Absolutely. From, yeah. It's like, a, it reminds me of astrology. Um, like, so we have a birth chart because those are the energies that are connecting to us at our time of birth. There's like, so we are a composite of all of these luminary energies yes. and our ancestral energies and our experiential energies, our cultural energies. And we're trying to integrate them into who we actually yes. are. <laughs> Which is why it's so fucking hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so like when we explain it like that, it does sound so it's like the universe. We're trying to integrate all of these energies of all of the stuff into ourselves so that we can be who the who we actually want to are, be and who we are. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, you know, we can also look at it in very real terms as well. We can look at it um, in terms of intersectionality. And, you know, I know people can often get fed up with those kind of concepts and ideas but actually they make very real sense when we look at it in terms of integration because all of those different parts of ourselves all combine within ourselves and cause conflict and you know the work then is to integrate that but then the problem when we is you know society and all you know and things get muddied and and how much space do you want one thing to take up in yeah. you as opposed to something else? Yes. How much space do you want to give each thing, which is what we all yeah. get to decide? So for um, me, you know, it's very real terms. We can look at it because a lot of leftist discourse, um, if you want to describe it as that, I don't really like labels. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. But a lot, <laughs> of, a lot of that discourse, you know, at the moment is looking at actually class solidarity versus... Um, race and racism 
you know, and the argument is that, you know, working class white person and a working class black person have more in common than say um, a, a rich white person and a poor white person or a rich black person and a poor black person. Do you know what I mean? So 100%. they become very, the issue of integration becomes very real when we look at it in, in those terms. Um, you know, yeah, and, and, just, and just for the record, you know, class solidarity. <laughs> well, I mean, solidarity altogether, but yeah, I'm a working class gal. Yeah, and and like integration, talk about integration. We've been talking about it for our personal selves, but also like there is this whole idea of integration in the larger cultural context, mm-hmm. um, and just like what you're talking about, like so why are we constantly fighting with the people who are just like us? Um, What's going on with that? Where is that coming from? Why is that necessary? All of this like fear um, of people that are just like us. And even this discussion kind of highlights what we were saying earlier about work needing to be done before then you undertake that because actually when we look at issues of class and racism, actually these discussions, you know, that we've touched upon, need to happen so that then we can go forward and do the work to kind of you know bring about the changes we want to see which in itself is an act of integration do you know what i mean so yes there's, there's levels it's like a lasagna there's layers yes <laughs> <laughs> which are the best foods yes. lasagnas like uh i was weird <laughs> like about those baked goods that have all the different layers you're like oh they're so amazing and they taste so good um but like we live in a place where we're not allowed to have all the layers we're mm-hmm. only allowed to look at the top right yeah. like we're not allowed to cut into it it's the top layer mm-hmm. only i mean if allow blah 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 yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what i mean know uh, it's encouraged saying. not to yes um, and and everything so we get these things that happen that are huge um these events that happen and then well we 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 don't really witness it and we don't really change anything about the way that the world works and we just like move on um yeah and then nothing really changes ever you know well yeah like (laughs) where we live like the the first thanksgivings supposedly (laughs) was supposed to happen in 1620 yeah Okay, you know how that's not very long ago yeah. in the history of the world? Yeah. Like, and that was before, like, a genocide of people occurred. So, like, you know, within the past couple hundreds of years, all of this tragedy has been happening. All of these really, like, atrocities. And we um, aren't supposed to be witnessing them. We're like, ah, get over it. Move on from that. That was like last year or that yeah. was a hundred years ago. You're like, yeah, but that was my grandma. That was like, yeah. Like if, if you talk about like, um, how about integration of schools in the United States? Ruby Ridges, the first girl in the United States that went to an all white school is alive and younger than my mom. I know. And I think I saw that somewhere, <laughs> like on a meme or something ridiculous, like she's the same age as someone else. And like, you guys, yeah, this is it's not fucking this mental is, when you think like about yesterday. it, when you stop and think. 
So the idea that everybody is just, uh, oh, oh, we don't see race and it doesn't exist. And come on, like, can we all be a little bit? Yeah, it goes back to what we're saying about being honest with ourselves before undertaking any kind of work. Otherwise, the work then isn't authentic, you know, and then what's the point? (laughs) If, If we're not doing if we're not coming from a place of authenticity, what's the point? And so I do feel like governments um, have pretend integration all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's one of the reasons that it's like not participating in mm-hmm. that is the way I'm moving forward <laughs> with my life because it's it's all marketing instead of actually integrating. And that's why we never get any real change because it's all – um, the because we're not changing that. any systems, are we? No, you know, we're not. We're not fully integrating all. Well, and when I say we, you know, I get it. You know, yeah. we're not fully <laughs> integrating all of those different parts because really we don't want. You know, the system is. You know, it works empower, for the people yeah, that want it. They don't want it to change. For those who benefit, who it benefits, why would they want it to change? You know, and of course, those are the people in power. So. So if you look at stuff and you can see that things haven't been integrated, you know, it's not really a system that you want to put a lot of effort, time and participation into. And it's obvious if you're actually looking um, because it gives us a good example. Yeah. And you don't really need to look hard either. You know, no, it's the the signs are there (laughs) clearly. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, uh, and nobody's addressing the real problems, especially here. I don't know. I can't speak for the UK. Everything. Oh, the everywhere's, into- you know, I think yeah. there, there are slight differences. Don't get me wrong in most westernized, industrialized capitalist cultures. But, you know, they all pretty much follow the same pattern. Let's be honest. Yes. In our monoculture, we yeah. pretend to, yes. to, uh, to address things and then we just tell everybody to get over it. Yeah. So um, before we came on, we were talking about the, um, uh, what was that? The late COP26. Yeah. <laughs> and how the takeaway, I, 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 uh, f- I screenshotted a, uh, an article and read that, that, um, the headline to Emma because it just made me laugh um, that they're talking about global climate change being, you know, and what's the cause of it. And the takeaway is action is required from you. Yeah. The people Um, it's our fault and we need to do something about it. But the thing that we need to do about it isn't buy new cars. It's to stop participating in the system. And you know, is action is required by us and the thing action is, is stepping away yeah and the thing is you know I, I watched some of the footage of that and you know there are a few island nations and this is where actually we really see that um things aren't really integrated and they're not meant to be because actually you know all of these big countries and they're all congratulating themselves on patting themselves on the back for agreeing to limit like you know, um, temperature rises and all of that kind of thing. And then, you know, there's a couple of island nations who actually spoke up, spoke up and said, well, actually, you know, we're talking in averages, but even a one degree rise for us is, you know, the end, you know. Um, and I can't remember which of the Caribbean islands it was. I want to say Barbados, but I might be wrong. I, I need to check up on that. And, you know, they were saying that, actually 
for that for that particular nation they have contributed almost nothing to the the climate problem and yet they face the biggest you know the the biggest brunt of it and you know it's just a fucking shit show Yes, and that just goes back to class solidarity versus um, whatever nonsense that people are pushing, like race or like, because, I mean, most people are a day away, like months away from homelessness if something happened and they didn't have money. Yeah. Um, Most people don't outright own their homes. Most people, you know, all of that stuff. Um, And so who is benefiting it's not me, I can tell you. Yeah, for sure. certainly not me either. Do you know so what I, mean? I want, yeah, I want to live in a society that's integrated. Yeah, um, and, and the so- thing is, you know, if we can tackle, um, we talk about the issue of class solidarity versus race and racism, but actually that isn't really the, the biggest question because, you know, things like race and racism, we see it all the time. Like I think earlier on in the year, there was some study that gets promoted in the media and it talks about white working class boys are being left behind in the education system. And actually, you know, what is that? It's not news because working class kids are always left behind in the education system. It doesn't matter what colour they are. And so those kind of news stories are designed to kind of fan the flames and, you know, keep people who are similar separated do you know what i mean and so all of those things and you know all of those things for me come into integration you know because actually um we need to we need to kind of look more deeply at the things that divide us and the things that kind of draw us together you know yeah i can always call my dad to see what kind of silly stuff is floating around um people out there trying to make people outraged for nonsense like yeah. a whole bunch of crazy stuff is going on in the world and right now everyone is concerned about like smash and grabs in like LA and San Francisco where a bunch of people like what was going on make, over create, there a lot of people were like creating traffic um so that other people could run into like Nordstrom and steal a bunch of shit and come back out and run away and like and I was talking to, to my yeah. dad about it and he was like that's just wrong <laughs> and it made me laugh I said you're you're like three twenty five hundred miles away what do yeah. you give a shit like yeah, why and probably has more in common point? with the looters than the than you know a hundred percent. And I just it's it's one of those news stories that's out there a ton of yeah. as if as if this is relating to you in your life. This is somehow going to affect your life um, when in fact it does it does not. And it, and so now the talking point is some fear of. I don't know, people stealing shit from Nordstrom's. I will be honest right now on this podcast for everyone to hear. I could give a shit. <laughs> people steal from Nordstrom. Like, uh, like, I don't care if you create a traffic jam and steal everything from a store that doesn't, like, and I'm not going to yeah. sit around and be like, those people are bad. That's yeah. silly. I don't give a shit. I don't, it doesn't affect me. And and I don't understand why that is the biggest talking point yeah. and news story of the of the day. It's really yeah. weird. And so <laughs> I, I kept saying to my dad, I was like, yeah, but like, do you actually care about that? How does it affect you? Um, you know, are you gonna have high blood pressure now because of this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like 
it's the news is just trying to get people all riled up about stuff that doesn't matter to them. Yeah. yeah. So that you, they don't have space for the stuff that matters. Absolutely. You know, everyone should turn the TV off more often. Yes, I know. He was like, okay, I'll just watch Judge Judy. And I was like, please, God, stop. <laughs> I mean, I love him. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. He is know, old and, and has like walking difficulties now. So he does end up watching more TV than, well, yeah. than he did when I was younger. My you dad know? Watched, I, yeah. I get why old people like probably get all hyped up because they can't do stuff. Yeah, um, but like we need to start sending them movies or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we need to have like uh people that are stuck at home movie channel, not full of politics. Like the ca- like cable. I don't know. The only people I know that have actual cable TV is in the in the U.S. are like older people, and um. What do you mean, always... like? What do you mean when you say cable TV? Like, what do you mean? Like, have a subscription to have channels on their TV. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Uh, everyone I know just has like Netflix. Or and I Amazon, think it's weird you know, because like... The, it's like not the other way around. But most, I guess, like most people my age I know have like subscription. Yes. And also, like, Netflix and Amazon. But, like, younger people I know, I can remember going round to, like, um, I used to work in retail, I went round to this, um, we were having a movie night, we'd all read the book and we were going to watch the film, I can't remember what it was. So we all went round to my colleague's house and, like, she was younger than us and, you know, she didn't have a TV, so we were all, like, watching the film on her laptop, all huddled around <laughs> the laptop watching the film. Which is... <laughs> But yeah, I guess maybe it's a generation thing. It totally is. I mean, we don't have cable just because you don't need to have it yeah. anymore because we have things that like your TV has all the apps for like those, yeah. those things. Yeah. Um, and so I don't, I am lucky to not see that kind of TV. Yeah. But when I went to get my oil changed, they had Fox News on and I couldn't. I like put book in audiobook and I was trying to listen to it, but like Tucker Carlson was like yelling and I like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I just was staring at it. And yeah, it's what it does. It's, you know, it's, it's what it's designed it's, to do. Yes. It's there it's to not make an accident. people upset. Yeah. So, it's not an accident. Yeah. So you know how millennials are and, and, and boomers are always fighting and blah, blah, blah. All we just need to get rid of their television yeah <laughs> it's a lot of 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 um like righteous indignation and yelling um and no integration absolutely <laughs> to go back to our original point sorry i don't know why i sidetracked so hard on that i guess it was just because i think of um everything is every time i see something like that i think what is it that we are not yeah. like what are we not supposed to be looking at right now that this is important yeah you know that's a good way of looking at it because there is other things going on and this is a good way to distract us um and so and that happens in my own personal practice sometimes when i'm yeah, trying to of course we're I all only human yeah. yeah we're all just human full we're of distractions all imperfect 
so the other day I was in yoga class and my teacher, his name is Steve, he was saying, he, you know, we were talking about asanas and so that's like a posture mm -hmm. and um, doing something and then feeling it and waiting. So there's this thing called satia and it is feeling whatever residue is yeah. like you, know, you do something and then you sit with it yeah, and then yeah. you feel it right yeah and so that, that is what that's integration right yeah so absolutely. you can't integrate it unless you're feeling it and yeah. we're all doing that all the time and um Steve said something the other day that made me laugh because it it it's such a, a simple way to to kind of explain this he's like you know when I go and get a burger and I bite into it and I never eat them they're so but it's so good that like the second I take that first bite, all I'm thinking about is the next burger. And, one of, and he said, I didn't even finish the burger yet. And we do that. Yeah. I do that stuff. Yeah. And so like I look forward to the next part without actually enjoying the part that I'm on and yeah. letting it sit in myself. We've become before. so accustomed to instant <laughs> gratification, you know, that we can't even enjoy it while it's happening. Yes. <laughs> Well, I just thought that was such a great example it of integration is. because it's so hard. The integration part is the hardest part. Yeah. It's like we go out and do all these super cool things or like call on these things or like whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the integration part is like you sitting with yourself and digesting it, like letting it go through you in yeah. some way. Yeah. And that is true. We didn't talk about journey work, um, but just one quick note. If you go and do journey work, have a journey, you're not going to sit up from the journey and know exactly what happened. And it is some meaningful thing. Sometimes you come back and you're like, what the F yeah. just happened? It and is then, annoying. Yeah, it can be annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and then months later, it makes sense to you yeah. or something comes up and it's just. Or you go through something and. You, yes. Uh -huh. And you have learned something from the journey that you then had yeah. in that experience and it's just goes back to remembering that we need to make space for ourselves to like put all of our parts in there um and and not to move past like finish you know like finish the thing you're doing and sit with it before you start something else yeah oh that's nice that's a nice finishing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we'll be back when we feel like it <laughs> We, sure we have some guests will. coming up. Yeah. Yes, I'm super excited. Um, but yeah, so keep, you know, we always promote all of our stuff on social media. So check out the website. You can find us at um, liliftsleftand.com. .com, isn't yep. it? Yep. yep. And also, you know, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, Lilith's Left Hand. You'll find us. Yes. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Yes. Bye. See you next time. <laughs>